0: This is the first time I've ever seen a child <laughs> Mishnah said <laughs> doctor, if a creditor appointed a shliyach in front of witnesses to collect his debt for him if Christa says the shliyach becomes his full-fledged shliyach to the point that if the debtor gives him the money and something happens to the money the debtor would not have to pay again. Rabbi said he does not become his full-fledged shliyach and if something were to happen to the money before reaching the creditor the debtor would have to pay again. Ravchista would say the fact that he bothered to appoint a shliyach in front of the witnesses shows that he meant that the shliyach should become an extension of himself. Rabbi says he only meant to show the creditor that this shliyach is a trustworthy person and he may therefore want to send the money with him. Says if a person borrows a cow and the lender sends the cow to him with the lender's son, slave, or shliach, or he sends it to him with the borrower's son, slave, or shliach, and the cow died before reaching the borrower, the borrower would not have to pay for it. Now, it must be referring to whether shliach was appointed in front of witnesses, because if not, how can we be sure the borrower actually appointed the shliach? And even though he was appointed in front of witnesses, we see that the cow reaching the hands of the shliach is not considered as if it reached the hands of the borrower. This is a future of christo. FMR will answer, like Rev said elsewhere, the mission is referring to an employee or close friend of the borrower who generally acts as a shliach, but was not "...pointed in front of witnesses to be a shliach for this purpose." Gamar our Mishnah says that the Ghana may not send the stolen money back to the owner with the owner's son or her shliach. Now it must be referring to what the shliach was appointed in front of witnesses, because if not, how can we be sure that the owner actually appointed the shliach? And even though it was appointed in front of witnesses, we see that giving it to the shliach is not considered as a returning it to the owner. Rav is said the Mishnah is referring to an employee close friend of the borrower, who generally acts as a shliach, but was not appointed in front of witnesses to be a shliach for this purpose. Gemara, this would suggest that if the shliach would have been appointed in front of witnesses, he would become his full fledged shliach. If that's true, when the Mishnah wanted to contrast and give an example of a Ghana for turning the item to a shliach, we are by the Ghanav would fulfill his obligation to return the item. Why does he give an example of a Ghanav giving it to a Shliach of Beznan? Why does it say to the case of a Shliach of the owner and say, however, if the Shliach was appointed in front of witnesses, he's a full-fledged Shliach, and returning the item to him would be a fulfillment of his obligation to return it to stolen item, the stolen item? And for the, Ghanif, the reason the Mishnah didn't want to use that case is because it could not make an absolute statement regarding that case in the, in the way that it could regarding the case of Shliach of Beznan. Because regarding a Shliach of Beznan, the Shliach has the full power of a Shliach whether the owner of the item asked that he be appointed or the of requested that he be appointed. However, regarding the shliyach of the owner it's only the owner who could create the shliyach in front of witnesses if the Ganev did so it would have no effect the Gemara says this view that even the Ganef can request the appointment of a Shliach of Bezin and giving him the stolen item without fulfilling his obligation to return the stolen item argues with the Shemin bin Allah's and Ar-Brais, who says that the obligation to return would not be fulfilled in that case until the item reaches the hand of the owner or a Shliach that the owner appointed for this purpose. The Gemara says, and both say that a Shliach appointed in front of witnesses becomes a full fledged Shliach. If you'll ask that our mission seems to suggest otherwise, we'll answer that the mission is discussing a case where the owner asked the person to make himself available in front of the Ganef so that he has someone available to deliver the item to him, uh, to, for, to, to the owner in the far. However, the shliach was never appointed as a full-fledged shliach to act as the hand of the owner himself. We can also answer, like Rav said, that the mission is referring to an employee or close friend of the borrower who generally acts as a shliach but was not appointed in front of witnesses to be a shliach for this purpose. Zachting, Rabbi and Shmuel said a person should not return money to an owner, to a creditor, etc. with a person who comes with a signed letter which shows that the owner sent him to collect the money even if witnesses signed it, because it does not make him a full-fledged shliach. And therefore, if anything happens to the money before it reaches the hand of the owner, the person giving the money would have to pay again. Rabbi Yechinen Yechinen said, if witnesses signed it, he may give the shliach the money because he himself becomes a full-fledged shliach to accept his money, and it becomes like the hand of the owner himself. According to Shmuel, how can a person create a full-fledged shliach to send and accept the money on his behalf? And for the Gemara, the Gemara tells the story of how Ravah told Rav Safra, who was sent to collect the debt on behalf of Rav Abba, that he should have Rav Abba be makna the debt to him along with a piece of land, thereby making him the new creditor. And Ravah would then give the money to Rav Safra, knowing that by giving it to him, he has fully satisfied the debt without any risk. We find that Rav uses this method when he sent Rav Shmuel Rav Abba to collect a debt for him as well. The Mishnah said Karen from the Mishnah it would seem that he does not have to chase the victim down to give him the additional fifth, but he, he does in fact owe him this money as a monetary obligation that can be sued for in court if it does if it's not paid, and if the victim were to die, this money would have to be paid to the Yoshim. We also see this concept from later in the Mishnah where the Mishnah says if he swore falsely regarding the additional fifth and then admitted to swearing falsely, he would have to pay a fifth on the amount of the fifth. Again we see that the fifth is considered a monetary obligation. We see this in a bright as well, which says that if after swearing falsely and admitting to having done so, the kind of died. His Yarshim have to pay the principal and the additional fifth to the victim, but they are from bringing the Yarshim. The second says that a son does not pay the additional fifth for his father and his father if his father died before paying it. So it's a uh, stiras. Nachman said the first Bryce is discussing where the Ghanif admitted his guilt before he died. The second brayta is discussing where he did not admit his guilt before he died if he never admitted his guilt why the only Potter from paying the fifth they should not have to pay for the principal amount either in fact the Bryce explicitly said that the son must pay for the principal if this is the case if the if the case is that he didn't admit his guilt why would the son have to pay for the principal amount any more than the fifth everything why the Bryce is talking about where the father did not admit his guilt but the son admitted that his father stole the item in that case the son would have to pay for the principal amount but not for the fifth in fact the Bryce also said that if the son swore falsely he would still he would, he would still not be high for the fifth based on what we're answering he should be even about the case where the stolen items no longer exist this in which case the son does not have to pay for the value of the items stolen by his father. If that's the case, fact why does he even pay for the principal? Everything the father had real estate, which becomes encumbered to pay back the value of the stolen item. In fact, even if the if the father had real estate, the son should not have to pay for the stolen item because the obligation to pay for the item is like an oral loan, and the yeshua don't have to pay for an oral loan of their father, even if the father has real estate. Everything fact the case is that the father was sued in bezin and was found guilty and told that he must pay the principal. He then died. The obligation has the strength of a written loan, which is why the yeshua must pay the obligation. Fact if he was found guilty before he died, why doesn't the son have to pay for the fifth when he swears falsely? Who the son of Rabbi Yeshua said, the reason is that the oath was on a denial regarding a lien on land, and a denial on a lien of land does not bring about an obligation to pay the additional fifth. Rova said, the bride is discussing where the item was still in existence. The case is that the stolen item was given by the father to someone else to safeguard for him, so when the son swore that, that there was no stolen item, he was actually swearing truthfully. For with regard to the principle, since the item exists, he has to return it with regard to the additional fifth. Since he didn't swear falsely, so he is not obligated to pay the fifth.